Welcome to Chatting with Authors podcast. I'm Will Zeilinger. And I'm Janet Lynn. Each of our programs feature an interview with authors from a variety of genres. We hope you'll learn a little about them, their writing life, and more. Here we go. Today we have Robert Raposa. His thriller is described as a cross between Dan Brown and Indiana Jones. He is a member of the Southern California Writers Association. Robert lives in Los Angeles with his wife and two children. Now, tell me this, with two children, where do you find time to write? Well, Janet, Bill, um, mostly when they're asleep or in, those <laughs> off mo- <laughs> or, or in those off moments where I'm not working or doing something around the house or with the kids and family, that's when I have a little time to squeeze in some writing. Well, that's good. Good. So tell us, who are some of your favorite writers? Well, that's a great question. Um, I'm a big Clive Cussler fan, Matthew Riley, uh, James Rollins, who I feel like reading his books are like getting writing lessons for free. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some of my favorites, Lee Child, David Baldacci. So kind of have a little bit of a varied, uh, varied uh, reading pattern. Uh, also D.P. Lyle, who I met at the International Thriller yeah. Writers Convention in mm-hmm. 2016. His, his stuff's a lot of fun. And uh, I've also scanned your guys' material, which is very good. I love your cozy misery mysteries. Oh, we're, we're changing. We just finished that series, uh, the Scattered Drake mm-hmm. series, and we're starting, in fact, we're writing thrillers now. Uh, yeah. But we just recently discovered Clive Custler about a year ago. No, last summer. Last yeah, summer? Last summer, yeah. yeah. Last summer was oh, like a year ago. <laughs> we liked it so much. Really enjoy it. So we're now writing thriller, but we're not oh, writing right. 1960s. And it's international, so our first book goes to Ireland. Oh wow! So it's been it's been a real interesting experience trying to get into the thriller end because normally we write first person, so this is now third person, and we've got more people to have to think about than just one. Interesting. Yeah, so it's been an interesting turn. It will be out hopefully in April or May next year. So with all these wonderful writers that you enjoy reading, is there someone you emulate the most? You know, I try to take a little bit from different writers uh, as I go along. You know, Lee Child writes in just such a uh, stripped down and bare writing style that I love that. I try to use that. James Rollins is incredible with his descriptions and settings. Um, They all do a great job with personalization. And then, you know, Clive Custler's... um, you know, kind of dashing and daring, adventurous type of writing style. Uh, I, you know, I try to borrow from all of them. Uh, I don't know how successful I am in emulating them, but uh, you know, it's a lot of fun when you get to read their materials and then you try to write a little bit like them as well. That's great. Yeah. So, how, so what? What? How do they inspire you? I mean, how did you get inspired to write? Well, you know, I've actually always enjoyed writing, even when I was younger, um, you know, back in high school. But, you know, the thought of sitting down and taking a year to put something, you know, pen to paper and completing a project just didn't have that appeal. But uh, 2012, uh, we were on a trip, my family and I, we were on the East Coast and uh, we were in Washington, D.C. And, uh, you know, having a great time, couldn't really sleep. And I just said, you know what, I've always wanted to write. So I went online and started doing some research on good books on writing. And I came across an old uh, Dean Koontz book on writing of all things. It was already out of print. 
Dean Koontz. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dean, Dean's work, Dean Koontz's work is fantastic. Um, and so I picked it up, it was like $70 because it was out of print. Started reading it, and that's when I started writing, 2012. Well, that's great. It, I think what sparked me is I uh, was trying to get, I was getting ready to retire. I don't wanted to retire something else. I'm excited to be an author because I've always wanted to be a writer. And it took me 10 years <laughs> to figure out, you know, taking classes, seminars, and find my voice. But I don't know about you, but as soon as I got my voice, it was like the floodgates opened. And everything just kind of happens. Oh, absolutely. And, and I don't know about you two, but, um, you know, finding your voice to me was like a multi-year experience and lots of rewrites. Um, and it's, it is amazing that, like you said, um, I was a member of a uh, writing group yeah, down, down actually Orange County way. And um, they taught me how to critically review my material and maybe so much of a better writer and help me find my voice that I just can't thank them enough. Mm -hmm. Did you take classes and seminars at all? Uh, I did some things online and I've read a lot of books. Um, there's a book by Sol Stein. He's a, uh, I guess, a world-renowned editor and he helped me tremendously. And it's just like, you know, you, you grab and pick up little things along the way from different sources as you go. Mm -hmm. I find characterization is always a lot of fun. What part of writing, starting a book is the most fun for you? Well, um, gosh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, there's so many different aspects to it, coming up with the storyline and developing all that in the plot, um, finding some twists and turns. I always like to insert in uh, a couple of good twists and turns and usually put someone in my stories who isn't what they appear and it's divulged later on in the book. And I, I really enjoy that. It's, it's kind of hiding some of those secrets from the readers until you decide you want to share it with them. That's true, the red herrings. Okay, now here's my question. Ready? Do your characters talk to you? You know, they do at times. And here's how it works for me. I don't know about the two of you, but they'll, they'll speak to me at times where I run, my, I run into a situation where I've written myself into a corner and I can't figure it out. And I'll go for a walk, I'll go do other things, maybe sleep on it for a couple of days. And then all of a sudden, I'll hear the character in my head explaining to me how to get out of this corner I've written myself into. And sure enough, it works every time. It so does. that brings up the next question. Would you consider yourself an outliner or a seat of the pantser? Oh, uh, definitely an outliner. Me too, um, me too. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about you too, but you know, my background is in uh, fiscal services and uh, even auditing. And so you got to have that analytical mindset. The thought of sitting down and trying to write a book without having an outline to me would just be, that, that in and of itself would be a thriller. You see, I would be petrified. I have to outline and I nothing, nothing gets on paper until I, I know exactly what's going to happen. Now it doesn't mean it doesn't change as it goes, but I've got to have, I've got all these red hearings and Twists and turns. I gotta know where to put them. Yeah, but see, he's a Peter. He's a, he's he's a pantser. I, I like to be surprised. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're so, doing what? Yeah, it's like you know, <laughs> different languages here. <laughs> but but when we're writing uh, crime novels or thrillers, you have to, you know, I've had to learn to outline. You have to outline. Otherwise, you just you get lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like. 
it was like blood for him. <laughs> That's I just want you to know that when I first met you <laughs> at work, I had, and I think most people would not know meeting you that you were writing thrillers. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you guys. You seem very yeah, straight and, you know, conservative. And then to find out you're writing, I was reading an excerpt from one of your books and I thought, wow, you know, Barbara Bosa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great stuff, though. Great stuff. Oh, thanks, Bill. I, I I appreciate it. Yeah, you're right. People are surprised. They, you know, when I used to be audit manager, they go, "Wait, um, you're not exactly an exciting guy. Your job's not that thrilling. Where are you? Where are you coming up with this stuff?" I had a friend of mine write me uh, a note. It was kind of funny, um, saying that you know he was reading my book, and his comment was, "I forgot that you had written it." And then he said, "By the way, that was the compliment, Bob." <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. So what are you working on now? I know you've got the other two books. What are you working on now? Well, my latest book is a book called The Devil's Heart. And it's the third book in my Nick Randall series. And I'm very proud that I just finished it. It took me quite a while. Um, but now what I'm doing is I'm working on my query letter. And before I self-publish it, I will send it out to some uh, agents and see if I can get picked up. And if that doesn't work out, I'll self-publish. Good, and it's a great way to go, you know. It, it, it's such a, a different world out there in publishing. A lot of people are doing yeah. the thing. So tell me, what made you decide to write a series versus standalone books? Well, as with most of my things, I did some research and after reading some author pages of some of these authors we discussed, they spoke to how it's good to have a series because you can build upon it. And if your fan base enjoys it, they'll look forward to hearing from you on your next book in the series. And I, I like that idea. I, I do have a repository of ideas for some other concepts that I'm keeping on the back burner. But I, until I feel like I complete the story arc for this character, I, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with Nick. He's he's done well by me so far. Mm -hmm. it, it seems like it would be a little bit easier than re, you know sort of reinventing the wheel when you've got a uh, a character and you know that character and their background and and everything to to write another story for them rather than to start fresh yeah. and have to meet some new people. Yeah, <laughs> new characters. We uh we have uh, we have three different series that we've written and. I have to tell you, when you start a new series, you only have to come up with half the characters. You already have a bunch. You know, whereas we're starting over new with this new one, and oh my goodness, I forgot what it was like to have to come up with all the characters at once. Well, the, the last series we were writing, uh, we originally were only doing four books, and in that fourth book, we pretty much killed everybody off. And some readers came up to Janet and said, you can't do that. You, you you left this and this and this and this unfinished. You're going to have to go write another book. Yeah. I kept telling you, it's fiction. <laughs> it's fiction. Yeah. They didn't get it. It was fiction. So we went ahead and wrote that fifth book. And uh, not that everything ended up perfect, but it ended up okay. Everybody's life was okay at the end. And that was what the, my readers wanted, was to know that everyone was going to be okay. But it's fiction. Yeah. Well, isn't it great though that you're you connected so much with your readers that they had that strong of an opinion and and kind of came to you saying, hey, you know, I, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. 
Yeah. And it was, and it is nice to know that if you listen to your readers and you follow through, they'll be happy, really happy. It, it I was, think that's the whole thing is you want to make your fans happy. You yeah. write your books for your fans. But as writers finishing that last series, we went through a, uh, a few months where we were depressed. Mm -hmm. We couldn't figure out why we were so depressed because we didn't have this weight on our shoulders to get this book finished. And we, we figured what it was is like moving away from a small town. You've been living with these people for five years or more, and all of a sudden you're moving away. And so we, we yeah, physically got depressed. <laughs> yeah, and I can see that. I, I'm sure you, you probably base at least some of those characters to an extent on people you know too, right? I mean, it may not be completely this person, but you know you purposely gave these characters some of these people's yeah. traits, and it's a little bit like you're losing them. Yeah, mostly the ones we killed. Yeah, the ones. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you planning to, how many books are you planning to have in your series? Well, boy, that's a great question. I, I have concepts for a total of six books. So um, I'm, I'm halfway through writing my fourth book, but I've stopped to finish editing and try to get this third book published. Um, so it will be at least six books, possibly seven. Um, and, then, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, you know, and, and as you two know, there's so many things can change um, mm -hmm. as you go along through the process. Maybe, maybe sometimes the material just doesn't fit as well anymore, or you get an idea, I want to try something new, but that's my plan right now, six or seven years. It's okay, just a light issue. One of our lights fell. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> it just readjusted itself. Yeah, really. Anyways, you guys... do you, uh, so in these uh, next seven books, do you already have them already outlined? You ready to go? Uh, no, I have, I have through book five outlined. Book six and seven, I have a book six concept. Um, but I realized after doing the book six concept that I need at least one more book to complete the arc of the, you know how we have our story arc for each book. Mm -hmm. I have a series arc that I want to accomplish and I'll need at least that seventh book to do so. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what Janet does when we start writing. She writes the end of the book first. Yeah, I started at the end. Of the series and then backs up. Yeah, I need to know who did it and why. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> start and I can start at the beginning. Yeah. No, I'm I'm kind of like you. I figure out what my ending, what I want my ending to look like. Mm -hmm. You know, but like you both said earlier too, things change, but it's good mm -hmm. to have that stuff on paper because then if you make a change, at least it kind of fits with your story concept and you and you know where you're yeah. know where you're going. Uh, you know, I try to have my fun and variety, Bill, when um, I'm writing those scenes and chapters. And then the characters start going off on a little bit of a different direction. And I give them, yeah, you give them a little bit of wiggle room to move yeah, around. Yeah. And, Have you yeah. had that happen? Have you had one of your characters, minor characters, hijack the story? Oh, great. Great question. Um, there have been times where I felt that uh, a minor character stole a scene or two and, and kind of became bigger than I anticipated. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what do, you do? what do you do with that character when they do something like that? Well, I, I go back after I finish the book. I, I don't know about you two, how many edits you two do with your books. Too many. Too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in round numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, usually, I'll usually fix it or make some changes somewhere during the editing. Um, 
you know, to maybe reduce the scope a little bit. And, uh, but it's nice to have that material because if you have that character come out in another book, uh, you have some material, something to start with. That's, that's what I found. And mm-hmm. I don't know about the two of you, but there have been times where my antagonist sometimes becomes uh, bigger than life and, and starts stealing some scenes. And, uh, <laughs> well, that's a good thing sometimes. It is. It's a good thing, you know. When, when we write, we kind of switch off. Uh, we'll, Janet will do a draft, and then she'll give it to me, and I'll go through it, and then I'll give it back to her, and she'll go through it. And, she can, and we kind of switch back and forth, what, eight or uh, ten? Yeah, about ten times. Eight or ten times before it goes to the editor. Yeah, because we do edit uh, really, we're really tight before we send it to the editor, uh, and we read back and we read it to each other. We say, "Well, you wrote this piece of crap." Yeah, we'll do that. We'll, 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 we'll pop the other one on the sofa and we'll sit and we'll read it out loud to one another just to see how it's sounding. Yeah. See, I think it's just so cool that you that you two write together. Um, you know, I've talked to a couple of people, and they and they say like, "Husband wife team." I, don't they like kill each other when they're trying to get through their books? Uh, like, ah, oh, no, that one, Janet, or, you know, they're, yeah. <laughs> no, well, we have a, a rule, and that is, is that we hang our egos out the door before we start editing. And that has been a big thing, because we both published separately before we started writing together. So we all both knew what it takes to get a book out there. And we both worked in our occupations where we've had to work in team situations. And it's not so much who did what as to what the final product is. The goal is to write a good book, period. Right, right. Well, that's, 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 if that's good. If something out, it has to come out. You know, we just save it for the next book. <laughs> <laughs> we I still think to, it'd be fun to watch you two in action. <laughs> we'll have to show them that picture, you know, where we're strangling each other. Yeah, I'll, send it, I'll email it to you. <laughs> we did a spoof and it, it's been, it, it went viral. It was just amazing. Well, listen, Bob, it's been a great talking to you. Uh, it was fun. Uh, we, I love talking to authors about how they get their ideas going and what's new with them. So I want to thank you for being part of our show. I did want to ask you, though, do you eat when you write or listen to music? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I get easily distracted. So I can't listen to music because then I'll just, my brain will just turn to mush. But um, when I get towards the end of a project and I'm wrapping it up, I do find that I will snack for some reason. I sit here and write for a few minutes and I have to get up and get some of that energy out and then maybe grab a snack. And I, and it happens every time. It's the funniest thing. I don't, don't know what it is. How yeah. about you two? And you, oh, yeah. Uh, I, we I, munch. Well, look, well look, at, look at me. <laughs> I can't write without music, noise in my head and food in my mouth. So when I write the real tense scenes, I listen to heavy metal. Yeah, that makes me, you know, really anxious. Headphones. And with headphones. But if I write the soft, dramatic stuff, I like listening to Beanie's waltzes. Yeah, but again, yeah. it's hard for me to write without noise in my it helps, head. It helps you get inspired. Is, yeah. did, I don't know if I asked already. Is, is there a certain time of day that you write the most? You know, it, I, I forget which writer you. said it, you know, um, and I wish I remembered. Um, they said, you know, I only write when I'm inspired and it's a good thing that inspiration shows up every time I sit down at the computer because as you two know, when you have a full-time job and then you add a family to the mix, mm-hmm. to try to come up and say, oh, I'm gonna write this time every day, that just doesn't happen. You just, <laughs> you just gotta sit down and knock it out when you can. For, uh, for me, I, I write between six and eight every morning. It's basically I write before life starts. 
Yeah, yeah that's, uh, I have to, uh, anything keeps, the only thing keeps me from writing is a temperature of over 102. Then, <laughs> then I can't write, but I, and if I'm on vacation or where I am, I take it with me. And if I'm not inspired, I edit or I at least touch it every day. That's, that's great discipline. That's fantastic. I sound like, well, we have 15 books between us, so it, it works well for us. Well, thank you again, Bob. We appreciate it, and uh, perhaps we'll talk soon. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks again. I had a lot of fun talking to both of you. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you very thank much. You. Thanks for listening to Chatting with Authors podcast. Until next time, I'm Janet Lynn. And I'm Will Zeilinger. <laughs>